0: Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. I'm also excited to introduce this morning's speaker. Uh, Lyndon Good uh, was pastoring Mechanicsburg Christian Fellowship when I came here the first Sunday, which was September 1987, I don't know how many years you've pastored there. Do you remember? Too many. Okay. So I've been here 33 years, and he predates me at his church. Uh, retired a couple of years ago, and uh, came last Sunday, and uh, just to, to hang out. We hadn't seen each other in a while, and... Uh, we ended up having coffee on Tuesday over at, in Urbana at uh, the Depot, and I figured we'd meet for an hour. We met for over two hours. It was just so good to be with Lyndon, and uh, I just am always impressed with his heart every time I'm with him. And uh, he was you know, we, he was here last Sunday and heard me teach on how to overcome sin and uh, how you know, the blood takes care of our sins, but the cross... Being crucified with him takes care of the sin uh, nature, the old Adam, and uh, and so as we shared about that, he started talking about Colossians three, which is kind of like probably the text that I would have used for the part two of the victorious life, how to how to live the victorious life. And so uh, as we as we talked, and I heard I heard his heart. I was like, Lyndon, you got to come preach that next Sunday because that's like part two of what I was sharing. And so he prayed about it, I prayed about it. I asked the Holy Spirit, he asked his wife, and uh, they both said yes. And so, uh, so could we give a warm Northridge welcome to uh, our friend, Lyndon Goode. Good morning.
1: Good morning. What I want to share with you this morning is, for Christians, if you're not a Christian, it probably won't make a whole lot of sense. So, um, wow! (laughs) I'm I'm new here, so I'm just looking around. Do I have a Do I have a clock? Is there a Oh, there it is. Okay, it's the big big, (laughs) (laughs) with numbers on it. (laughs) All right, (laughs) a clock. (laughs) Jesus provides all of our needs in the Gospel of John, chapter one. It lays the framework saying that Jesus came into the world and he brought light into the world, but not everybody in the world received the light. It's kind of hard to understand that. It's like if the light was there, why didn't people embrace it? But we see the same dynamic in our world today. It's like, why would anybody want to defund police? That makes no sense because you're just going to have increased anarchy and crime. And so humanity doesn't make a whole lot of sense all the time. Amen? And so there's Jesus who is the light of the world, and he's bringing light, and there are people who didn't receive it. And then there's this interesting verse there in John 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 12, yet to, to all who did receive him, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so I want us to understand this morning how to become a child of God, just so you understand as I share the message from the book of Colossians that this is where I'm coming from. I'm speaking to people who've received him. The Bible talks about a lot about believing in Jesus. And so in our culture today, what happens is we have a bunch of people who believe some information about Jesus or about God and they think they're okay. But this defines what it means to believe in him. To believe in is different than believing about him. To believe in him means you receive him. The Greek word is lombano. Lombano is an interesting word if i can use neil as an example if i'm going to say neil i've got this this is a wonderful pen i'd like to give it to you and i could stand here and just i don't i'm not going to do it because it's kind of dark you might drop it and this is a precious pen so i could throw it at you see here take this pen and he would receive it but it would be an automatic reaction or i could say neil here's this is a good pen i would like to gift this to you look what he's doing he's reached thank you And when he reaches out to receive, the Greeks would say he lambanoed the pen. I'm making that word up. The, 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 The verb form, the Greek word is lambano. It means to reach out to receive. So Christians are those people who've reached out to receive the light that Jesus has to offer. Salvation is not like pixie dust where God picks it up in his hand and, and goes, whoosh, scatters it over whoever's in church or whoever's in the world. And whoever the pixie dust, pixie dust settles on, they become Christians. No, to become a Christian means you exercise your free, free will. You make a choice. It says, to all who received him, to those people who reached out. And I trust this morning that I'm speaking to a group of people who have reached out to receive Jesus. Amen? I feel like I'm in in that kind of a place. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, open the eyes of our heart that we can understand wonderful things in your law this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 3. I have a brother. He's about six years younger than me, and he's a pastor now in uh, Nevada. And he told me one time, he said... I would just like to pastor a New Testament church. Now, I knew what was in his heart. Um, you know, the, the pristine, pure church that had no problems and it did everything right. And so I said, well, his name was Roland. I said, well, Roland, which one of the churches would you like to, to be like? You know, would you, be, would you like to be like the Colossi church? The, the, the church at this city named Colossi, the Colossian church, would you like to be like them? Would you like to pastor that church? And I want to show you what that church was like in chapter three and verses five, eight and nine. I'm not going to read those, if I could have that slide, in, in, in that passage, Colossians three, he's speaking to a group he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to people who reached out to receive the light from Jesus Christ. They're born again. And he says to those people, "I'm probably going to go this direction because I'm right-handed, Nothing against you people." He says, there's some things you're doing. He says, quit. He said, put to death. Now, if, if somebody says quit or put to death, that means you're doing it, right? And so look, what would you want these people leading your kid's Sunday school class? Look what he said, quit your sexual immorality, your impurity, your lust, your evil desires, your greed, your anger, your rage, your slander, your filthy language, and you're lying to each other. They weren't just lying to the world; they were lying to each other. A screwed-up church. And my brother wanted to pastor a New Testament church. I said, "Well, come to Mechanicsburg. we got the place is full of people like that, <laughs> <laughs> including their pastor." <laughs> Quit Such, all this stuff. Do you understand? they they were doing this stuff otherwise Paul would not have had to write a letter saying you got to stop this stuff you got to you got to take it off and then he goes on he says there's some things that the church you church people at Colossae need to quit doing but there's some things that you need to start doing and so he tells them these are things you need to do which tells me th- they weren't doing these very well they had a lack and he says Basically, he says, you need to start being compassionate. And what about being kind? (laughs) And I hate to say this, but you guys need some humility. And you need to start being gentle and be patient. And instead of lying to each other, you need to forgive each other. It's holy cow. This is a New Testament church. <laughs> it's, they got issues, people. They need your counsel. They need your integrated healing seminar. And I, I think it's a wonderful idea. And so we got this mess. I call it a, a colossal Colossian mess. And, and so if we just leave it there, What we understand Scripture to say is, you need to straighten up. You need to stop doing some things, and you need to start doing some other things. In other words, straighten up your act. And then we could just be left hanging, but the Scripture does not leave us hanging. It provides a context. For the quitting and the doing, there's a context, and it's all wrapped up in the word, therefore. Therefore, it shows up twice in this passage in in Colossians 3 1 through 14, 15. It shows up twice there. So I want to look at that word because in Scripture, when you're studying the Bible, one of the laws of interpretation is when you run into the word therefore, you stop and try to figure out what it's. You guys are good. Neil, you've done a good job. (laughs) When you run into the word therefore, you stop and figure out what the word is there for. And so this is the way the word therefore works. I'm gonna on, on, on this side, there's a body of truth. And because of that body of truth, this over here is what should be done. This is what perhaps needs to change. And in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, over here is the quitting and the doing. You need to quit slandering each other. You need to start being gentle. Can you just hear Paul? Start being gentle. <laughs> over here, be gentle. Over here. And so what he's saying in Colossians 3 is where I'm standing is the word therefore. It says, Truth, truth, therefore, do this. And so what I want us to do just briefly is stop and take a look at the body of truth that's in place. This this over here is truth. It's established. It's past tense. It's already happened. It's presently true And over here, there's some quitting to be done and doing to be done. And so some of this stuff isn't true yet. This is future. This is past. I'm in the present. And this is what God wants me to do. Neil challenged us last week. He said, it's possible to live the changed Christian life so that you're not constantly caught in a rut of, of sinning and confession and sinning and confession let's just get over the sin and so Paul's saying the same thing he's saying over here is some quitting and doing that you need in your life but it's based on the therefore over here this body of truth sets the stage for the quitting and the doing I grew up in church and nobody ever told me this I accepted Jesus when I was pretty young really didn't know what I was doing But I think it was genuine. I think it was in my heart. And then life for me became an issue of quitting and doing. And trying to fit in and trying to act. And being honest enough to know that I wasn't doing that victoriously. And quite frankly, wondering, I was raised Arminian. Do you know what that is? Arminian is you get saved. And then if you sin enough, you lose it. And then you have to get saved again. And then, if you sin enough, you might lose it again. It's pitted against Calvinism. They're both extremes, by the way, I think. There is a beautiful balance that they both teach that we need. And actually, this, this teaching out of Colossians brings that balance. Well, shall we take a look in Scripture and see what the body of truth is over here? Now, Colossians 3, verse 5, says, Put to death, therefore. And so there is this body of truth in the first part of Colossians. And when you read through Colossians 1 and 2, and even the first four verses of chapter 5, there are all kinds of truths that are being shared. I want to pick out just one. And I'm going to go back to chapter 2 for that. Chapter 2, verse 13. If we can have that slide, I'll just look at it. It says, When you were dead in your sins... God made you alive. He doesn't say, notice, that when you were dead in your sins, you pulled yourself up with your bootstraps and decided you were going to live a changed life. There was, you, you needed to change. It says, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive. You didn't make yourself alive, you made a choice. John chapter 1, verse 12, you received. You lumbanoed the gift that God was offering you through Jesus Christ. But you were dead. You reached out to receive. And when you received it, you were made alive. That's, the, the tense is so important. You, you, he made you. He did it to you. And what he's saying is that's, that's part of this truth over here on this side. He did it to you. You surrendered and he made you alive with Christ. And look what he did. He forgave us all our sins. I'm not sure what all that means. I'm not sure whether to take it literal. Because there's a human part of me that thinks as a Christian today, I've got to earn God's forgiveness. But there it is in black and white. I'm going to put my name, the us. It says... Jesus or God God forgave through Jesus of course God forgave Lyndon how many of his sins the ones he committed before he accepted Jesus he forgave them all and whatever I may or may not have done this morning in attitude or action or word that wasn't according to his will he has forgiven that amen Now that's, that's Pat, he forgave. It doesn't say he will forgive you. It doesn't even say, like John tells us in 1 John 1, 9, that he'll forgive you if you you confess. That's part of, that's part of the, the, the victorious life and we don't have time for that teaching. But I want you to know that over here, right, this body of truth over here and we can, we can be seated because in the book of Ephesians it says we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Dude, I'm alive. And you know what else? I done been forgiven. I don't know if this thing is. It wouldn't try it. Well, we're going to fake it. No. Come on, where's your faith, people? This is future. Sometimes I'm not putting all my weight on it. So listen to my words instead of looking for cracks in the legs. (laughs) Sometimes I'm not all that gentle. (laughs) She gave me that line. She said, don't forget that one. Over here, I'm alive and forgiven. Over here, some days it looks kind of ugly. Some days it ain't pretty over here. Some days you wouldn't call that day a day of victory. It's not a V-day. It's a screwed up day. But over here, it's past tense, people. It's established. I'm alive because somebody made me alive. If I made me alive, I could lose it. But the creator of the universe made me alive and he said I forgive all Lyndon's sins. It's an amazing thing that we receive when we reach out to receive to Lombano what, what's been offered us in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Woo yeah therefore Lyndon start living a little different. Do you know this over here takes time? It doesn't happen in one fell instant. Oh, God have mercy. Some of us are really slow over here.
0: <laughs> there's,
1: there's some people who seem to get it pretty quick. And they don't linger here. They're done gentle and patient. And they got all this. Stuff. I hate those kind of people, don't you? <laughs> they make me look bad. And so, but one thing it does, it makes me run back to Jesus over here on this side. It says... <laughs> I'm alive and I've done been forgiven of all the stuff they've got victory over already. Let me show you the other therefore. It's interesting in this passage of Scripture. He, he, said, he When he tells you to quit doing some stuff, he, he prefaces that passage with the word therefore. And then when he tells you to start doing some stuff, he prefaces that with the word therefore. And I want to show you that verse. It's verse... It is verse... 12, therefore, there's the word therefore, okay? So what he's saying is there's truth, therefore, you need to start clothing yourself. Okay, right in the verse, it tells you what the, the the therefore, of course, is all of Colossians 1, 2, and the first part of chapter 3. But then it, it sums it up in this verse here. Therefore, as God's chosen, people, excuse me, does that say holy? (laughs) With this mess, he's calling people who were lying to each other and who were slandering and not forgiving each other, full of rage and malice and slander. He's calling that group of people Holy. So the holy that he's talking about is not based on behavior, is it? It's not based on their performance. It's based on this truth package over here. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. And then we looked at the words we were supposed to close ourselves with. Oh my goodness. I do not quit... Sinning and start acting in a Christian way in order to get saved or even to keep saved. And that just shoots my Arminian theology to bits. Are you with me? I do not quit sinning, I don't quit and do acting and smelling and sounding like a Christian in order to get saved. That's something that was given to me or I don't even do it to stay saved. Do you know I abide over here because of my continued faith and hanging on to the Lord Jesus Christ? I pastored for about 40 years, if you want to know the number. And during those 40 years, run into all kinds of people. And over a period of time, you see a pattern where people raised in the church or whatever, accepted Jesus maybe at a young age, and then their life seemed to go to hell in a handbasket. It just screwed up, and then you see over a period of time God begin to draw them back. I have a friend, one of my close friends, name is Joe. Alcoholic, drug addict, messed up in Vietnam, came back, COPD and PSTD and all that stuff, and because of his exposure to drugs in Vietnam, came back and became an addict. Gloriously met Jesus. Started taking correspondence courses. And I was his mentor in that. And a lot of victory. And then his best friend died. And it threw him into a tailspin. And Joe, working on his fourth wife, Joe lost it spiritually. And he began to get back into drugs and alcohol, along with his lovely wife. Um, Joe trusted Jesus Christ. Joe knew there was no other way. There was no other hope from him, for him. Speak to him today. There are times he thinks he probably would have gone to hell if he had died in that mess. My personal opinion is that he was struggling with this stuff over here at a deep level because he hadn't been through integrated healing. He's struggling with stuff at a deep level. One night in a drunken blackout, he took a butcher knife out of the cabinet drawer and lunged for his wife, Nancy. Nancy. He stumbled because he was drunk. She called the sheriff. He ended up in jail. And in jail, he came to his senses. It's like the prodigal son. You know, in that story, prodigal sons are a dime a dozen. Joe was one. I've been one. Sometimes I still am one. The key in that story is he came to his senses. You know, that's the pivotal that's the fulcrum point in that story. He came to his senses. And so if you've got prodigals in your family or if you're a prodigal or whatever, one of the most powerful prayers we can pray for people is that they would come to their senses. Because if they, don't, if, if they come to Jesus because they want to please you, it ain't going to work. It's, it's only when there's a deep inner work and, and, and Joe came to his senses and he said, this is not working. And the story is long. His and I involvement, and I turned him over to Satan one time. And um, it, was, it wasn't pretty. And I could tell you that story. We won't go into it. As his pastor, I had to release, release my influence over him. Is what that was all about. Joe came to his senses, and he, he cried out in the jail cell for mercy. People, I believe Joe, I believe he was here the whole time, and he needed to learn a deep, deep lesson that it wasn't a self-help program. And you don't stop smoking cigarettes so that when you go to church, nobody can smell the smoke on you, and you smell like like a Christian. With the right deodorant on. Old Spice. I'm an Old Spice Christian. Amen? Ain't got any other Old Spice? Yes! Yeah. Preach it, brother! Look out, Walmart. We're going we're gonna to clean out the aisles. Old Spice. Joe was not an Old Spice Christian. Joe smelled, smelled an awful lot like hell probably will smell. But over here... And, and he did. It was funny because the judge in the case uh, mandated that he go to AA meetings. I think it was five times a week. It was, it was, it was the best thing I ever had. See, go judge. He was always in, and in AA. I don't know if you've ever been associated with that group, but you've got to get really honest in there if you're going to get help. And so Joe did get honest. And, and today, you know, Joe and his wife are together. And uh, they're probably not the model couple. But then who is the model couple? Um, But his faith is strong in Jesus. Now, I'm sharing that story to tell you that in, in my theology, and I think Paul's Colossian theology, Joe was seated with Christ. And he'd been made alive. And God forgave all of his sins. And God wanted his behavior to change over here. I don't think God was happy that Joe smokes, smoked, smokes did drugs, gave up on God, didn't pray anymore. I don't think God liked that. And so he allowed him to get to the bottom. Jail was a gift from God. It was an expression of his mercy in Joe's life because God looked over here at this man who'd been made alive, and he says, I love him too much to let him go. I'm going to teach him. And then we've got the rest of his life to work on this stuff over here. Amen? Amen. I do not quit sinning and start acting in a Christian way in order to get saved or even to keep saved, but because I have a brand new identity. And that's the identity at the cross that Neil talked about last Sunday. I'm safe in Christ. Are you safe in Christ? This is true.
0: Therefore, we
1: need God's help.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.